often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 409. I am your host, Josh Albrecht. Sitting all by my lonesome once again inside the Slapbox Bunker. As, uh, man, this chair. I still love this chair. I've had this chair now for about a year or so. This gaming chair. It's fantastic. And just, uh, thought I'd bring that up. <laughs> like it's, oh, it feels so nice. But it's what, you know, the best part about recording in here, I think. That and the sound. I like the sound in here. It's good and uh, it's a smaller room. Don't have a lot of echo or anything. It's uh, it's nice. It's good stuff. But uh, yeah, episode 409. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, I've been sleeping with the Necronomicon for about a week now or so. I don't remember when I got that now. Time is very strange in this world that we live in now. It uh, passes by very fast and slow at the same fucking time. But uh, I haven't, uh, to the best of my knowledge, become a deadite as of yet. So that's a plus. But it's a comfy pillow. It's a nice pillow. It's, uh, shit, I believe I talked about it last episode. But uh, I think it's creepy... Co- yeah, Creepy Co. Uh, creepycompany.com is where I got that one. That one's uh, got the uh, Necronomicon pillow and uh, the Evil Dead blanket. That's that Man, that thing is soft. It is super soft. By the way, Creepy Company, not a sponsor. We, uh, <laughs> we haven't had sponsors on this show since, uh, you know, back in the day when we had Adult Pet Finder. And uh, I believe they got shut down. I'm not sure what happened to them, but uh, <laughs> probably didn't end well. Um, but yeah, holy hell, it's a nice blanket. It looks like the uh, uh, Evil Dead uh, VHS cover, the old original like Evil Dead VHS cover, and it's even got like a sticker, like they used to have the uh, like circle stickers with the horror on it, like uh, on on the uh, front of the blanket. It's good stuff, you know. Good, good stuff. I'll swallow your soul. Um, pretty sure I'm not a deadite. Maybe I am. Maybe that could ex- <laughs> uh, that could explain though why I uh, started watching like uh, I watched Zodiac uh, on Netflix, or maybe just the fact that Netflix suggested it to me. That's probably more of why I watched it. But uh, perhaps it was the Necronomicon talking to me. You need to watch the Zodiac movie, which I had seen it before. But it had been a long time. The movie came out in 2005, so it had been a hot minute since I had seen it. I saw it when it, like, originally came out. And, uh, you know, so I started looking more back into the uh, Zodiac killer and looking into it because in in that movie they really suggest uh, that Arthur Lee Allen is the guy. He is the... uh, Zodiac killer, but again, there's no <laughs> no concrete evidence to suggest that the 100% Arthur Lee Allen is the guy. Like th- there is no definitive proof about who exactly the Zodiac killer is today. Um, I did see uh, some stuff uh, about uh, them testing for some DNA within like like last December or so from stamps and uh, but there has been no new stories on that there's uh, this is on the advocate.com they've got uh, god damn it pop ups fuck you anyway (laughs) Uh, uh, well no yeah that's not going to give me what I wanted never mind Uh, but uh, there's Oh, wait a minute. Filmmakers. This is on timesheraldonline.com. It says, uh, headline says, Filmmakers promise new info on Zodiac Killer case. Of course, because you can make money. Uh, oh, there's a FX documentary coming out called The Most Dangerous Animal of All. And that is based on a book 
Uh, I don't know the man's name. Probably it should say it on here. But, uh, there's a guy that says his father was the Zodiac killer, and it sounds like there's just not a whole lot of evidence. He lived around the area. For I mean, I haven't read the book. Let's be fair. The picture, the uh, the big evidence I think for for this is, uh, for his dad is the picture looks a lot like the sketch of the uh, Zodiac, but. Uh, here on the Times Herald, it says, uh, What more is to be said about the Zodiac Killer, the serial murderer who terrorized the Bay Area in the late 60s? It's been the subject of numerous films, books, and TV. Now, new documentary series, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. The most dangerous animal of all is a four-part series based on the 2014 book by Gary Stewart. It explores Stewart's obsessive search for the biological parents who abandoned him as a child and how he became to believe his father, Earl Van Best, was the Zodiac Killer. Series debuts on FX and Hulu in March. Which, I don't know if it did. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Um, I guess I could look that up. But, uh... There is, uh, as far as I know, no, uh, no new, uh, but they were testing stamps for DNA, and uh, there has been no link to that. And Arthur Lee Allen, uh, according to the movie, and from what I've uh, read a little bit, it does sound like there was a good, you know, a strong suspect. At least a lot of uh, several cops, at least thought that Arthur Lee Allen was the guy. Um. But, uh, unfortunately, yeah. Some people, I mean, there's ridiculousness. I mean, it's Jack the Ripper here. I mean, I I feel like we're probably never going to know who Zodiac Killer is. Um, It's a decent movie, but I feel like, you know, because they don't, there's not a good denouement at the end because you never know who the real killer is. Because in the movie, it really plays off like, oh, yep, it was Arthur Lee Allen, but no. Uh, there was <laughs> nobody still knows for sure, but uh, it uh, and you know he just dies. Arthur Lee Allen is dead, so there's no. It kind of falls flat at the end, but that's kind of real life, I guess. So we never fucking got an answer to this shit. There's the the uh, I did find it interesting though, looking at these ciphers. Uh, he put out several ciphers of code, um, and uh, it was uh, the first one. I guess was the only one that was officially solved. Whereas the uh, uh, damn it, I got several pages open here. Anyway, uh, there was the uh, three or four ciphers that he put out. I'm gonna look that up here. And uh, and I spelled cipher wrong. <laughs> All right, Google fixed it. We're good. Um, yeah, there's at least like three or four here. But people have claimed that they cracked the code. There's this uh, fella here, Corey Starlipper, that believes he has solved the 41-year-old 340 cipher. That was in 2011, though, so it's, you know... A lot more than 41 years old now. Anyway, uh, he claims to, and in hit in it, he claims that uh, the 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 name Arthur Lee Allen is. Uh, or it just said okay. I won't get into the details of what he claims, uh, <laughs> or how his process for getting this, but the 340 uh, cipher uh, apparently it's very very difficult one to crack but and what I think what one of the problems too with trying to decipher even if his ciphers weren't complete BS a lot of people think that like the first one was a real cipher but then uh, it got cracked so easily he wanted to fuck with the the police and everything to where he uh, purposely made these other ciphers that didn't mean a damn thing Um, but you know maybe uh, he was just more skilled with it it's an interesting thing um but this is what uh, this fella seems to star Starlipper. That's a weird name. Um, 
suggests uh, this is what he came up with. And uh, what I was going to say, too, though, it's got to be hard to uh, figure out if the cipher's correct anyway with it because uh, he, he was very bad at spelling. For somebody that was smart, smart enough to uh, get away with murder and fuck with the cops by sending letters and shit, he couldn't spell worth a damn. Anywho, uh, the the text that he's got for the 340 cipher says, Kill, SLF, which I guess self, doctor, help, me, kill, myself, gas, chamber, aor, I don't know what that's supposed to be, days, questionable, every waking moment, I'm alive, my pride, lost, I can't go on living in this way, killing people I have killed, so many people can't help myself, I'm so angry. I could do my thing. I'm alone in this world. My whole life full of lies. I'm unable to stop. By the time you solve this, I will have killed 11 people. Please help me. Stop killing people. Please. My name is Lee Allen. But, uh... I don't know that, uh... That's accurate. This is, uh, you know, patch.com. That's running this story. That's from 2011. They put that out, so I, you know, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of people that have claimed, I believe, though, that they've solved the damn thing. Like, here's another one off zodiacciphers.com. I think they've got some. It's uh, there's way too much shit on here. There's a, let's see, let's let's find some other solutions here. Um. There is a complete for damn it. Um, yeah, I've I know I've seen other. I should have pulled this up beforehand, but there's a lot of. Uh, well, here's the solution to the second one, which I don't think is the 340. Uh, or <laughs> it says uh, this is scienceblogs.de. Oh, is that German Germany? Yeah, I think that's Germany. Deutschland, the uh, DE is a German site. Yeah, Klaus Schme wrote, von Klaus Schme, <laughs> auf einer Seite lesen, a, uh, uh, oh, from a something lesson? I'm not sure what Seite means. Anywho, um, it says, here's the solution of the second Zodiac cryptogram, or maybe not. Uh, da da da. Says the fifth episode of history's Zodiac Killer documentary revealed an alleged solution to the infamous Z340 cryptogram, which I guess is the same one I just read about on the previous story. The uh, fifth and last episode of history's documentary, The Hunt for the Zodiac Killer, was aired uh, titled The Code is Cracked. The last part of the series promised to reveal the solution of one of the world's most famous crypto mysteries, the Zodiac Killer's second encrypted message, also known as Z340. The solution. It was Craig Bauer, crypto history, history expert, book author, and member of the expert team shown in the series who presented the alleged solution. First part of it is a decryption of the first eight lines of Z340. Here it is. This is according to the scienceblogs.de off the History Channel program. Uh, it says the clear text reads as follow here it is I kill both night and day I live by the gun barrel uh, aim so quit wishing for gain to be over edges over pig I don't know what over edges my <laughs> wrist wrist knee locks now angry dangerous I won't change any of game. <laughs> See the second part. Like there's some, I guess, description as to how they came to that conclusion. Oh, I don't see the the part of the second. Um, <laughs> there's oh, there's Richard Dominixon. <laughs> I guess is the name that they. They came up with out there. I don't know. There is a. 
this is some explanation it says here it says there are too many variables in the solution it seems too subjective both in method of decipherment and results given it leaves out some cipher characters and adds plain text characters without explanation oh, so yeah it sounds like complete BS but the, you know that seems like a lot of people I mean they just want to claim credit but if you don't know the an if no one knows officially the answer I guess anybody could claim that they've solved the Zodiac ciphers. Less, I mean, the guy'd be old as shit now if he was still alive. You know, it's highly unlikely that uh, he would come forward. But uh, other than Zodiac, man, I've been, you know, I uh, I got into binge watching uh, Community, which I'd watched a little bit when it was on. I enjoyed the show. I do like Joel McHale. And uh, Gillian Jacobs. Well, the whole cast is really good. You got Dr. Ken. Ken Jong, who plays uh, Senior Chang. <laughs> oh, Dr. Ken. Dr. Ken. Um, who's a real doctor. He, uh, I don't believe practices medicine anymore, but uh, he's he's a funny fellow. The the uh, tiny little Asian man. He's uh, known from uh, The Hangover, of course. But, oh, man, it would be so great to have him as a doctor and then see him, like, in all of that stuff. He's a, he's a funny fella. And, uh, but, yeah, the whole cast. I mean, Donald Glover, I mean, um, by the way, I fucking love him as Lando Calrissian. That is the biggest upset for me to uh, not, well, that and Maul was, like, the biggest upsets to why, like, the uh, solo was, like, a, a, f- a bit of a flop and that there wasn't going to be, because originally there were supposed to be some sequels, and such, and uh, we were going to see some more Amelia Clark on screen, you know, but I thought, you know, they were going to get more into the mall side of things, and we would have gotten to see more Donald Glover as fucking Lando. I love Donald Glover as Lando. I thought he was fantastic. Unfortunately, that is not the case, but uh, I can binge watch Community and get some Donald Glover action as he plays Troy in there. And uh, the show's... uh, I I I not watching it now. Binge watching. I'm like, how? Why didn't I fucking watch this more when it was on? But I realized, well, you know, at the time, <laughs> I did have a lot going on. It happened around the time that I started the broadcast center, and I didn't really have a whole lot of time to watch TV. And also, I had would have had to have watched it at the time it aired. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, that was that was kind of difficult uh, if you were you had a lot going on. There was a uh, I didn't get much sleep. I was going to school all the time. And uh, at least for the first year, and then I worked at a radio station. Had a lot of lot of uh, just you know not a lot of time to make room for uh, broadcast television and sitcoms. And uh, but anyway, great show. My favorite episode. Now I just got finished the first season. I'm on season number two, like the first or second episode. And I gotta say, my favorite episode is the paintball episode. It, they like the show's great because it's very meta. Like they, uh, the Abed character, uh, I forget the actor's Danny. Shit, I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, he, uh, it's Danny P something. There is a. Uh, I'll I'll find it. Uh, anyway, uh, so. With the uh, Abed character, he's big into movies, and he makes movies and shit in the show, if you're unfamiliar with Community, <laughs> which, like, if you listen to this, there's probably a good chance you're familiar with Community, but, oh, also Allison Breeze in there, but uh, Danny Pudi, I I guess is how you pronounce his name, P-U-D-I, uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, he loves the, the TV shows and such and movies and he's like making these references but they're always he's always talking about like characters like in in their real life in the show as it relates to like television shows and movies like this is but he's like very meta like with uh calling out the stuff but uh <laughs> the paintball episode's just so fantastic it's like the end of the world stuff that's going on like uh Joel McHale's character Jeff goes out to uh, sleep in his car or falls asleep in his car I don't remember if he went out there to sleep but he like wakes up and they were having this paintball 
uh, game or contest at the community college there because the whole premise is they all go to a community college. And uh, he... <laughs> Jeff goes back in and... Th- it, it's like the apocalypse just happened like there, there's like nobody there's paint all, everywhere everything's destroyed it's like when uh, Rick Grimes wakes up in The Walking Dead to find you know the madness that has transpired in the zombie apocalypse that he's a part of and uh, then <laughs> but then like uh, he finally meets up with some people and finds out like what's going on it's because of, like everybody wants this prize and it takes him a bit for finally meeting up with uh, Donald Glover's character Troy and uh, Abed, and uh, they uh, they inform him that uh, it's <laughs> priority registration is uh, the prize. And it takes him a second, but he he's like, "Wait a minute, you mean I can pick whatever class, like schedule wise and stuff, like <laughs> I can get whatever I want." And then, you know, he, he's, like, in the game and fighting everybody. And, like, there can only be one winner. It's very, uh, in some ways, also, like, Highlander. There can only be one. So, like, they realize they're going to team up together, the the friends in the study group. And yet uh, they know that they're going to have to take each other out before the end. But it's so, it's so fantastic. It's just, like, <laughs> that's what's... One of the things I love about that show, though, is like it takes like uh, normal stuff, but then it goes into like uh, classic like movie tropes and just like situations like end of the world zombie apocalypse, but turns it into just you know going to school at a community college, you know. <laughs> and the last episode I did just see was like Betty White was in there and she attacks Joel McCarroll, and that's uh, pretty fantastic because you know it's it's old Betty White. She's she's a funny. And I think she's, man, she's getting close to 100. She's got to be close to 100. Getting up there. But, man, if you've never gotten into Community and, shit, it's on Netflix, you're looking for some other stuff to do, fuck it, put on some Community. Rock out. Some uh, Donald Glover. And Gillian Jacobs, Allison Brie. Chevy Chase is in the first couple seasons, at least. Before he had that famous, uh, he had some kind of freak out and, uh, I guess he got. I guess he ended up getting fired. I don't remember if he got fired or or if he quit. But like he had some. I believe there's audio of it too. Fuck! I'm gonna. Damn it! Now I'm gonna have to find it. If there's audio, I'm definitely gonna play this shit. Um. I maybe there's not audio, but I know he had like a very Christian Bale esque. Uh. Um, like firing from the show. If I'm if I remember correctly. Let's find out the drama. <laughs> oh, he left before season five, so he was in the majority of the show. There's six seasons, I believe. Said, uh, Don, here's a, on denofgeek.com. Donald Glover and Dan Harmon recall Chevy Chase's racist comments on Community. Dan Harmon, of course, the creator of the show. Uh, it says, it's unlikely that we'll ever actually see uh, the and a movie in the six seasons and a movie Creed centered around community fandom that would be sweet to see a movie a nice dream and a meta joke for a show infamous for its intertextual humor one of the very last images of the series finale oh I do <laughs> of community was and a movie <laughs> hashtag and a movie but uh, some of the characters from that series whom folks love like Donald Glover and Troy Bar- as Troy Barnes have moved on to other projects that keep them very busy, including the award-winning Atlanta. Indeed, it was while promoting the second season of that series that Glover gave an illuminating and trenchant interview with the New Yorker. Okay, the magazine's Tad Friend profiled Glover. Damn it, just get to Chevy Chase. (laughs) Okay, according to Glover uh, and community creator Dan Harmon, Chase would disrupt scenes and make racist cracks between takes such as people think you're funnier because you're black. Which, it's I guess maybe he was just going, uh, like, becoming a method actor there because on the show, Chevy Chase's character is a very racist character, so just get into character. Um, anyway, Harmon spoke about Glover, refused to be rattled by it. Chevy was the first to realize how immensely gifted Donald was 
and the way he expressed his jealousy was to try to throw Donald off. Harmon said, I remember apologizing to Donald after a particularly rough night of Chevy's non-PC verbiage, and Donald said, I don't even worry about it. Glover himself brushed off Chase by saying, I just saw Chevy as fighting time. A trust artist has to be okay with his reign being over. I can't help him if he's thrashing in the water, but I know there's a human in there somewhere. He's almost too human. Chase commented in the response to the New Yorker that he was saddened to hear Donald perceive me in that light. The rest of the article shines its own fascinating light in Glover's idiosyncratic career choices, including taking a small role in Spider-Man Homecoming. Damn it. I was hoping for the freakout. I know there was he had a freakout. There's a... There... Oh, there is a fucking reunion. Anyway. Um, I gotta find... I, I don't think there's actually... Maybe there's not. Man, it'd be awesome if there's audio. Start freak out. I know he just lost his shit. Um, oh, maybe there is. This is the. Uh, <laughs> I think I may have found it. Hold on a second. This is the. Uh, yeah, he said he walked out. not so great but uh <laughs> uh yeah so, damn it i did lo- love some old chevy chase man i uh you know i mean my favorite christmas movie is national lampoon's christmas vacation the cr- va- old vacation movies you know were fantastic i never saw the reboot with ed helms i do like me some ed helms but i mean chevy chase back in the day fucking some good stuff man he was, uh, and the original, like, breakout star from SNL, and there was, uh, I mean, he was Fletch for, for yeah, and, uh, <laughs> he was that, like, lovable asshole. He was always an asshole in, in character. Like, I wonder, too, if, I see when people, like, are typecast like that and, like, that's just, like, the role they always play. Like, I often wonder is, like, are they originally just an asshole or because they played assholes a lot, do they then just play it up and are just an asshole for the fact that they've been an asshole on screen for so long? Like, I just often wonder that sort of thing about, like, uh, famous people, especially, like, actors or just, like, musicians or whatever, if they created a persona and that the they just feel that they have to live up to that persona or if that's really just no he's just a raging dick <laughs> but uh okay oh it says his net worth here let's see 50 million dollars man i mean he was or most of that came from uh Chris, like the vacation movie especially christmas vacation because i mean that movie's still Man, Chevy Chase still doing good. I remember too. Uh, he had a talk show very briefly, and uh, <laughs> it didn't last real long. But I remember enjoying watching it. But like, maybe I'd like to see it now. It's probably like a train wreck. <laughs> I'm sure it probably is. Uh, let's see here. I was like in junior high at the time, so my taste of things uh <laughs> well here we go let's pull up this this is Chevy Chase spectacular bad 93 talk show Ooh, saxing it up I think that's Goldie Hawn I can't tell the video quality sucks no who is that what a woman 
Uh, maybe a little later. We might a little, uh, uh, I don't dance, but we could be possible. You know, honey, I know we, we uh, a lot of the people out there don't realize that you have some 12 children. I mean, it's unbelievable. How many, I, I don't know how many there are, but you, you wear so many hats. I mean, you're involved in so many issues, and you, you're really a mom. I mean, I know what this is about because... Boy, he really I doesn't have much to talk about, much <laughs> like myself and, here. Um, maybe that's why I like it. I don't it. know how you do it. I mean... You make so many great movies. What what keeps you going? It's really hard. It's hard to mix everything together because the you know when you have children, when I had children, that to me seems like he you know I didn't watch much of it there, but it seemed like he was really trying there. <laughs> uh, oh man, the fucking there was uh the che- the Chevy Chase man. He's already, He's not bad on Community. There's definitely... He's not, like, the biggest star on Community, that's for sure. Which is pretty crazy, because back in his day, man, dude, during the fucking vacation movies, Fletch, holy shit, he was, like, one of the biggest actors out there. It's quite the downfall. Speaking of downfalls, uh, last week, <laughs> Shelly and I, after, uh, uh, do, after I did the last episode of Fiener, uh, the podcast uh, got on the phone with uh, Shelly and we were talking about uh, I don't remember what brought it up but Jose Canseco and uh, he uh, has done this apparently multiple times that uh, his he has a twin brother named Ozzy Canseco which I did know that <laughs> but apparently he has had Ozzy do things for him as himself as he's uh at times they've gotten caught like uh he would send Ozzy out sometimes like if uh Jose was too drunk to go out and do something like go sign autographs in an event or something like that and like he would just send Ozzy out to do it for me like give him some money here you go buddy you go do that I don't fuck this shit I'm just gonna go (laughs) do something else and uh, the the possibly the best one though is uh, Jose Canseco. I mean he's he's struggled a bit since uh, like leaving Major League Baseball and the book Juiced came out, which you know just killed the careers of a lot of his good close friends. <laughs> well, I don't know about close, but I mean he threw everybody under the bus and uh, became a very hated villain in uh, baseball news. But uh, there. <laughs> There was a boxing event, I believe. Um, I gotta do. Uh, see, uh, he, uh, yeah, there was a boxing event. Like it, there was several fights, I guess, several fights that uh, had uh, the Jose had done. He'd done like an MMA fight, and uh, I guess a few boxing matches like celebrity stuff cuz the guy needed money like i read that earlier that he uh ended up losing a 15 million dollar home he lost a lot of money cuz he went through several divorces and shit and at one point in time he was living in his buddy's garage and stuff um but uh <laughs> let's see i guess in 2011 it was uh he was supposed he was going to get paid 5 grand uh, well, I guess leading up to the fight, he had been paid five grand already, uh, and he was upon arrival, he was going to get paid another five thousand dollars for the fight. Uh, <laughs> and he decided, for whatever reason, he wasn't going to do the fight. Uh, this is uh, from an ESPN article from 2011. Here it says. Uh, Jose Canseco uses brother in his place when uh, is Jose Canseco not Jose Canseco when he's his twin brother Ozzy <laughs> the Canseco brothers are now in a fight with celebrity boxing promoter Damon Feldman after Ozzy showed up as Jose for a scheduled fight and pretended to be his notorious twin brother according to South Florida Sun Sentinel a bait and switch Feldman said I'm disgusted this is fucking Jose Canseco. You should expect this. Uh, this is fans at a Hard Rock nightclub Saturday in Hollywood, Florida, again, this is from 2011, 
We're able to point out the imposter, the imposter due to a difference between Ozzy and Jose's respective tattoos. Feldman claims he paid Jose five grand leading up to the fight. Yeah, yeah, five. Uh, the guy I thought was Jose kept asking me to pay him in cash before the fight. Feldman said, "I told him I had to pay him by check for business reasons." He said he needed cash. We went back and forth. Ozzy, who has subbed in for Jose at autograph signings in the past, never fought in his brother's place Saturday and received a police escort out of the nightclub. <laughs> Jose took his side of the fight to the internet on a Saturday, posting on Twitter, Be very careful with Damon Feldman, who runs celebrity boxing. He will not pay you if you fight for him. Feldman has said he did not pay Ozzy the rival fee of $5,000, and also once the original $5,000, he paid Jose back. It says, I've worked with them before, Feldman said, except now I've got to look back at the pictures at the time and uh, look if I ever really met Jose Canseco. <laughs> uh, that's so great. He's so so douchey. So fantastic. F- so fantastically douchey. It makes me think of the uh, guys from Alone on the Island that did the, the Bash Brothers Netflix. There's a... Uh, <laughs> Andy Samberg and uh, I forget the uh, other fellow's name which is such a weird thing I enjoyed it but it was such a weird thing to have that in there like for them to make a, a, a quick little show it's only 30 minutes but it's The Lonely Island presents the unauthorized Bath, Bash Brothers experience and uh, Akiva, yeah, Akiva's the one. Akiva Schaefer is uh, the one playing Mark McGuire. And Andy Samberg plays Jose Canseco, which neither guy really looks like either one of them. And it's not like they even looked all juiced up or anything. It's it's just pretty great. Like It's just such a crazy thing that Netflix is like, yeah, here you go, here's some money to pretend to be <laughs> the Bash Brothers. It's so, I mean, you know, it's it's a bit dated, like the whole thing. It, but it's it's fantastic. But yeah, I don't know what I need to look here real quick. Whatever happened to uh, the uh, Bigfoot? The uh, what what squatching with <laughs> Jose? <laughs> what? Because he had the thing where it was like three grand, I think. And uh, see here, this is uh, oh, it was five grand. Or maybe this is in February of last year. Was it that recent? I feel like it was longer ago than that. But this is <laughs> I forgot about this too. But it says uh, this is off uh, sfgate.com. I feel like this is when he. Uh, Initially said he was going to do it, having been recently spurned in his offer to be President Trump's new chief of staff. Uh, that would have been fantastic. Uh, <laughs> the former A's outfielder has a new adventure planned, hunting for Bigfoot and aliens. And you can travel with Conseco for a mere five grand in cash. And uh, he tweeted out the offer. Go on a Bigfoot and alien excursion with Jose Conseco. Contact Morgan Management. When the Huffington Post called the listed number, it received a text reply that read, in part, only five lucky individuals will get a golden ticket. Oompa Loompas ain't got nothing on Bigfoot. Traveling his custom RV, you never know what's going to happen with Mr. Canseco. Now you certainly don't. Last month, Canseco tweeted that aliens had given him the secret to time travel. Ugh. That was it on that story. But, damn it. I want to know what happened. Okay. Oh no, I don't. I don't think I want to uh, <laughs> gun that article. Let's see here. There's <laughs> New York Post here. Uh, Jose Canseco is worried Bigfoot aliens may have coronavirus. So is, did he continue on doing the thing? Because I, I was trying to look up to see if anybody had taken the excursion because, like, it sounded pretty exciting to me. Not five five grand excitement for me, but I would way rather just go on a, a you know, an adventure overseas somewhere. Maybe not now because the coronavirus, but uh, 
Maybe I would be safer with <laughs> Seiko squashing it up. But says Jose Canseco is at it again. This is uh, from April 18th of this year, so uh, when we really first started getting hit with the coronavirus. Uh, and uh says, yeah, because it's saying, like, death tolls and stuff, uh, and it's uh, a little bit different. Anyway, um, can Bigfoot or aliens get coronavirus? I need to know because I have had contact with them. The steroid-tainted former LLB slugger tweeted Saturday. When he isn't stirring the pot with A-Rod, the 55-year-old Canseco is often ranting about the mythological Bigfoot, aliens, and time travel. He even once offered five people the chance to go on a Bigfoot and alien excursion alongside him, though it's unclear if that ever took place. Damn it! That's what I was hoping to find out. The aliens have uh, been trying to teach us how to time travel, but first we have to change our body composition, which we are not willing to do. We have tried with animals, and it has failed. Canseco tweeted in January. Last week, Canseco made headlines when he wished Happy Easter to everyone except A-Rod. Fuck you, A-Rod. <laughs> he has also accused Rodriguez of cheating on fiance Jennifer Lopez with Canseco's ex-wife, Jessica. All parties aside from Canseco have denied the unfounded allegations. Well, we all know Canseco or A-Rod's such a stand-up fellow as well. I did also, speaking of Canseco, maybe it was because I got watched the Canseco thing, but there's a... There's a docu, I guess I was gonna say docu series, but no, it's just a documentary, I guess, because there's there's not more than one episode, I don't think. But uh, there was a, it's called like Juiced or something like that, where it follows the uh, biogenesis, was it or whatever the uh, the name of the place that where A Rod got all of his his goodness from the st- the, the roids and such, um. And uh, <laughs> it was it was entertaining, I guess. But the uh, doctor, in quotes, there, uh, he, what he. Uh, it's funny following him. Because his medical license in some other foreign country, where apparently, just anybody can, or at least it, they made it seem like it's really easy to get a medical license there. But he was supplying everybody with roids, and he was talking about going over to A Rod's house and how fucking weird A Rod is. <laughs> and apparently, A Rod has in his home, or at least he did, a picture of himself as uh, a fucking centaur. And, uh,. <laughs> I gotta find that. I gotta see if that's on here. I was pulling up Jose Canseco's Twitter feed too, just to see if he's got anything about uh, uh, just aliens and such. Um, I'm looking up the A Rod Centaur pic. Oh, there's pictures of A Rod making out with himself in a mirror. That's uh, <laughs> he's a weird dude. Weird, weird dude. Uh, I I don't know if this is the real painting of himself as a centaur, but it's weird shit. Or if it's just people hearing that, like, this is what they <laughs> came up with. The funniest thing about that documentary on uh, the Netflix, the Juicer, if something Juiced-related... Um, is they have kids reenacting everything. So they have like this kid A Rod. The kid A Rod's probably the best one. And like he's there's a like this picture too of A Rod like pretty much making out with himself into a mirror. And uh there's uh I guess for Details magazine he did a shot of himself making out with himself in a mirror. But there's for whatever reason a painting of himself as a centaur above his bed. According to this, is uh, <laughs> uh, what the hell? And that is this is uh on businessinsider.com. Next of his told Us Weekly he was so vain his ex tells Us Weekly he had 
Not one, but two painted portraits of himself as a centaur. Not one, two. You know, the half-man, half-horse figure. However, Kate Hudson said she's never seen such art. I didn't know he also saw Kate Hudson. What the hell? Uh, he, ooh, he got, ooh, there's a picture of him getting grabby with Derek Jeter. He's pulling a uh, Kevin Spacey. I mean, he is going full-on cuppage here. He's cupping the whole butt, both sides. Uh, dear Lord. Man, he's been, he's been around. Here he is with uh, Cameron Diaz getting fed uh, popcorn at the Super Bowl. That's the uh, Packers versus Steelers. Uh, <laughs> Wow, he's just a, a weird fella. <laughs> he brings a cooler with his own food when he goes to restaurants. I mean, I can understand if you've got problems. Like, uh, he was on a very specific diet. Yeah, it was called steroids. <laughs> uh, I would like to know what was in that cooler, though. You know, what's the point in going, I guess, just to be out, but like that... you. Dude's got paid more than anybody else in, like, the history of baseball, and he's going to fucking restaurants with the goddamn cooler of food. <laughs> uh, like, there's... Yeah, he was a... He's a weird, weird guy. Um, well, according to Yankees teammates, uh, they joked that he was obsessed with Derek Jeter in a weird way. From Tom Verducci's uh, Joe Torre book via the New York Daily News, the inside joke in the clubhouse was that Rodriguez's occupation with uh, Jeter recalled the 92 film Single White Females in which a woman becomes obsessed with a roommate to the point of dressing like her. Okay, it doesn't give any real detail into that. I was hoping for more. It's a clickbait fucking deal. Okay, yeah, I went down a rabbit hole there. Two paintings of himself as a senator. There's a great one where they took the picture of him making out with himself in the mirror and made two centaurs just making out with each other. That's pretty fantastic. What a weird guy. Weird guy. Uh, I'm not seeing anything either on, on aliens, unfortunately, on uh, Conseco's. He's just pumping his uh, some show he's doing. There's a... Uh, <laughs> speak your mind and carry a big stick man he's he's looking old he's finally breaking a little bit but I mean he is five years away from being 60 I guess uh <laughs> oh wow this was in June 5th I was unaware that he uh was ready for this um this was yeah this this month uh, he Canseco. Wow, I I was just unfamiliar with this. Uh, <laughs> first on June fifth, he puts, "Who wants to finance my run for office? I am ready." Then uh, he follows that up with, "All we need is a dollar from everyone in this country who wants to change, to finance my running for president." Yeah, because there's three over three hundred fifty million people in the country. So I mean, you'd be. You know, you'd be well <laughs> ready to run a campaign. Uh, man, I had no idea we could see a Conseco ticket. What, what party? It doesn't say what party he's going to run for. Um, <laughs> there's a Janeold at 19 replies with, "Where do I send my dollar?" Jose, can you see 2020? <laughs> Uh, he says, I would like campaign director status for that hashtag. <laughs> uh, there was a, yeah, that is a, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if he would have his brother campaign as him in, for campaign events. Like, that would be fantastic. We could have a, pre and, you know, oftentimes leaders, you know, need or, you know, for security reasons want to have like a body double he's already got one he's got Ozzy just he'll have to like redo his tattoos so people don't fucking ask questions you know redo the tattoos or just never not wear a suit you know 
and then uh, then then you're good. But I feel like Canseco would be wearing like a jersey. I mean, he's uh. <laughs> Uh, fucking Jose Canseco. I like that. I hope, uh, I hope that, uh, we, <laughs> hope we have some kind of ads. I want to see a Jose Canseco presidential ad. Uh, this would be so fantastic for me. Let's see here. Uh, we need, we need some bright light at the end of the tunnel right now. You know, there's, a. <laughs> Just so much shittiness going on right now. Fucking pandemic and just everything. It's just fucking just it just sucks. And uh yeah. So, you know, cons- <laughs> having a train wreck of a Jose Canseco presidential uh race, you know, seems like a, a decent uh distraction. But you know, maybe that would lead to a, a second Trump term. Who knows? That's uh, <laughs> uh, that would be unfortunate. Um, now here we go. Find it. That's all. I'm. I don't see any other. Uh, he's going off about the police, which yeah, that's shittiness. But I don't know what Jose Canseco is gonna do about it. <laughs> he's gonna get his brother out there to do police reform. Um. I gotta gotta make copy this tweet here. This is uh, this is too fantastic. This is fantastic. I don't even know what like he would run on, man. Like he, he you know, the Lonely Island guys. I know they were after they did the Bash Brothers thing. That they, they had hung out with Kenseiko a little bit, and uh, maybe they could help him do some campaign ads. Like that would be pretty fantastic. <laughs> Oh, uh, does it? Uh, I was trying to share the tweet, and it uh, <laughs> with uh, Shelley. I figured he had to see that man, that Canseco. Once, all we need to do is send Canseco a dollar, yo, dollar dollar bill, y'all, and we could change this world. <laughs> uh, Jose Canseco still needs money, for for I understand, so. Oh man. And he gives not only this, but you can if you need Canseco for an appearance, but warning you might get Ozzy Canseco. He's got his number on his Twitter handle here. He he he's got the blue check mark, so I don't think it's Ozzy that's running this page. I think it's the real deal, Jose. Uh he's got his uh the telephone number for his Management agency it says for appearances, please call please call Morgan with Charlie West Management at seven oh two three seven four three seven three five. So if you want to possibly get Jose, maybe Ozzy in a boxing match, you can call that number. And it's fantastic. That uh or if you wanna figure out about, you know, what you can do to arrange a campaign rally or such. Uh for Jose or give him that dollar you just call that number and uh work that out oh man he's a bit he is uh I gotta say he is definitely uh active on Twitter I'm like looking at this like shit he tweets a lot it's pretty fantastic I, I feel like I could f- read his Twitter <laughs> Twitter page and not feel as bad like when I go and like look at OJ's Twitter page because like I I definitely can't follow OJ like I'll go on there and occasionally look up the OJ videos you know just to see what the juice has to say about shit because it I mean it's kind of funny but also at the same time like you know he murdered two people allegedly I mean he was. <laughs> found innocent in a court of law, but uh, now I gotta look up the juice. They don't give juice the the blue check mark. That's a that's a shame, isn't it? 
talking about loss. Basically, he just talks about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here's here's OJ. Oh damn it! Okay, I gotta listen to this. Here's uh, OJ giving his take on Drew Brees. Bad timing. You miss? No, I can't. It's over a minute long. I can't give OJ that kind of time. But like he's explaining to Drew Brees about you know being a good person, I guess. <laughs> Uh, like uh, man. Yeah, if anybody should uh, uh, <laughs> tell anybody <laughs> how they should uh, act professionally or whatever about things, it's definitely the juice, man. Yeah, good stuff. I was gonna get to too, man. I, I meant to uh, talk about it. Uh, my uh, roommate's son was like he's huge into uh, horror movies now and I was you know I've been sleeping with the Necronomicon on my head and I got the Necronomicon pillow I've been looking into uh, the best uh, horror movies of all time and uh, I don't know what exactly my list would be I know I've got a lot of movies I mean I love horror movies I've always been a fan I think I saw my first horror movie when I was like three or four maybe even earlier I don't (laughs) I watched Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, that came out in 84. I was like three years old, I guess, when that <laughs> that movie came out. And I feel like I watched it. I didn't see it in the theater, not that I recall. But I probably watched it when I was about four or so, four or five. And, uh, you know, I've definitely been watching that stuff, like, nonstop. I mean, not nonstop. I mean, I watch a lot of stuff now. I don't necessarily go after horror movies as consistently now but definitely as a kid I watch that shit like all the time like I know what I have a lot of movies I would have on my list as best but I don't have like a rundown of what would be like what order you know I've got a lot of just films that I love uh, I think maybe maybe because I just grew up like the first real horror movie I remember watching is A Nightmare on Elm Street I think that is just my number one, the original, the OG, and I, you know, I'm a fan of Wes Craven, and uh, I, I realized too, looking for other films uh, to watch from the classic ones, I realized I had People Under the Stairs, and that movie, oh, that's another Wes Craven classic. It's fantastic. Ving Rhames, I guess, is the biggest name in there. But he got, uh, and he's not in there very much. <laughs> he gets murdered, I think, pretty quickly in that film. Spoiler alert. The movie, you know, if you haven't seen that movie from the 90s. Um, but that's that's a classic one. You got uh, the kids, like, that have been, like, hit. they're, like, hidden throughout the house in the walls. And uh, this crazy family and the gimp, like, coming after him. He's in the gimp suit or whatever, like, with a shotgun. Daddy or whatever they call him just fantastic good stuff but uh i the another like west craven classic and what doesn't get a lot of uh attention i would say is uh and this one i guess maybe could not maybe not considered horror it's more of a be a thriller but uh serpent and a rainbow this one just kind of gets me uh, again. It's a Wes Craven flick, but uh, it's got the buried alive thing, and that used to that shit used to f- freak me out a bit. Like I, it doesn't. I don't really ever think about that anymore. But like, uh, there's <laughs> like they keep giving these people the drugs to make it look like appear that they're dead, and then they're burying these people thinking they're dead, and you know they're really they're really alive, buried alive, and stuff, and it's. It's pretty good stuff. And I want to say it takes place in, like, Haiti or maybe somewhere in South America. I'm not sure where the the movie takes place, but it's another country. I know that. And uh, that's a fantastic movie. But, you know, I was just looking back, thinking about, uh, like, what movies I would say were, like, my go-tos for, like, like zombie films. I know the probably the first zombie movie I'd ever seen, which this it's hard to say cuz I've seen so many, but the first one I, I really kind of recall is the uh I guess the reboot of uh Night of the Living Dead. It was uh 
shit. I don't. I guess in the '80s sometime that uh, that one came out. The uh, 1968 was the original Night of the Living Dead. That was the George A. Romero, which that motherfucker, total fucking legend. Um, but uh, there was a uh, <clears throat> man. That was I had seen. I. Th- I saw the original first, or if I saw the uh, eight, the eighties or early nineties remake uh, first, I feel like maybe it was the remake. I think the even the the remake was the original's in black and white, and I feel like um <clears throat> the uh, damn it, I'm trying to find about the other oh 1990 I guess was the other one and that one I guess that one was in color so I guess I did see the original first because I I had in my head that it was black and white I don't remember the uh, remake though I feel like the remake was pretty decent and uh oh man I'd say Night of the Living Dead would be for me like the the one to uh to watch as far as like a, a good lead in to zombie movies if you're gonna like uh it's definitely like up there Dawn of the Dead's you know fucking great too with the mall thing like the, the original is good but I th- if I remember the original is like pretty damn long seems like a bit overkill the I really like the remake which the remake had oh, another classic with Ving Rhames as a uh, <laughs> one of my favorite parts of course is uh, when they're on top of the mall in the remake and uh, they're spotting out like lookalikes for celebrities in the crowd of zombies to take out like they I remember Burt Reynolds I think was one of them they're like ooh they take out Burt Reynolds um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say probably Night of the Living Dead for me would be definitely zombie films as far as uh, vampire films I mean, I don't know what I I would go to with that. I mean, I uh, I don't know if I'd go too wait like real classic with it. I mean, I don't know that I'd say like you go to to like starter one would be Nosferatu or anything, but uh, I mean, Vamp Bram Stoker's Dracula is a pretty decent one. That one's pretty good. The Keanu Reeves and uh, Winona Ryder. And uh, I believe it's Gary Oldman as Dracula. You know, I tried to watch, side note, the Dracula series on Netflix, and it just, yeah, I only got like an episode or two in. I didn't go very far. And, uh, but uh, other than that, man, I mean, shit, I mean, Friday the 13th, there's going to be a few of those on there. Of course, Evil Dead on my list of uh, top horror movies. Um. Of, uh, I definitely love uh, Rob Zombie's reboot of uh, Halloween. Not his second one, not the H2. That one I was not a fan of. <laughs> the first one, pretty fantastic. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Scream was, you know, another good Wes Craven movie, but uh, I'd say I, I prefer Serpent in the Rainbow just because the creepiness factor but there's just so many good good fucking horror movies and I mean I used to watch some really cheesy ones those fucking puppet master movies I loved those I tried watching them as an adult, adult like recently and I just like I just couldn't do it the quality of it was you know <laughs> not great I didn't realize that they're still fucking making those movies uh, <laughs> which was a bit surprising to me there was a and Thomas Lennon, who I'm a big fan of, uh, that's Lieutenant Jay Dangle from Reno 911. He's in one of at least one of the newer Puppet Master movies, and uh, I think that's pretty fantastic. Psycho would definitely be one movie that I would have pretty high up on my list. I mean, the original Norman Bates shit, you know, is pretty fantastic. I felt kind of weird. Like, maybe I'd feel different now, but, like, the uh, Gus Van Zandt, I think, is the one who redid Psycho. And uh, I believe... Ooh, Pet Cemetery, original of that. Fantastic. Um, oh, Child's Play. Th- this site's making my uh, 
But anyway, the uh, Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates in the, which was like a shot-for-shot remake of the original, and that one is just kind of weird to me. But I feel like maybe I should re rewatch that. Um, man, and oh, this one was one I didn't get to see until like maybe eight years ago or so. I know I talked about it, I believe, on the podcast before, but. Netflix used to have it. I don't know if it's still on there, but the uh, Michael Rooker film, it was a young Michael Rooker. It was like in the 80s, I believe they put out the film. And uh, it was, <laughs> it's called Henry. That movie's fucking disturbing. It is disturbing. And I, for me, like I've watched some really fucked up shit in my life. And uh, I don't really think much like movies are disturbing because I've seen like actual footage of disturbing things. And, uh, but movie stuff doesn't really disturb me. Henry was f- is fucking disturbing. <laughs> he plays a serial killer in there, and it is just some fucked up crazy shit. So, yeah, if you want to really fuck with your head, watch watch some fucking Henry. Henry. Yeah, I, again, I don't, I don't know what... Uh, I, I'd have a rough time putting together my list if I was going to put numbers on things. That It reboot, was, uh, if you want to call it a reboot, that thing was pretty fantastic. I mean, that was good stuff. Um, Hellraiser is what definitely high up on my list. Their original Hellraiser and Hellraiser fucking 2. 2 might even be better than 1. That one's real fucked up. It's fantastic. You got like the second one. There's the guy at the beginning in the nut house where the doctor like takes him out and takes him to his house and gives him a razor blade because the guy thinks bugs are all over him, so he just starts cutting himself all up and bleeding all over this bed. Yeah, it's some fucking crazy shit and uh, <laughs> some crazy man. This. This item on studiobinder.com. They've got their list. And Gremlins is on theirs. I don't know if I consider that really a horror movie. I love Gremlins. Again, don't know that I would call it horror movie. They call Tremors a horror movie, too. I don't really see that. Drag Me to Hell. That was fantastic. Good Sam Raimi film right there. Justin Long. Uh, but uh, crazy picture of... Uh, Nick Cage there. He looks almost like uh, old Elvis. <laughs> Talking about the movie Mandy, which I don't know that I ever watched. I've heard that it's a good one. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Well, I guess I guess we're pretty good here. Maybe at some point I'll try to make a list of numbers, but I hate putting, like, deciding what's better than than the next, you know? I'm not good at doing that. I'd be terrible at, at making lists like that. Click, clickbait stuff. <laughs> All right, well, as always, that's a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.